0: Today's sermon is a little bit different. It's the last sermon of the year, and y'all know my thoughts. Y- y'all know I'm, how, how I am about the wise men. And I have just, you know, I just don't, I don't like them at the nativity scene. I, I just, you know, just, they're not there. <laughs> so, uh, but I know it looks good. It looks good in the in the pictures and in the movies. They all show up, you know, and the shepherds are there and the kings are there. And, and so, but I, I felt like if I'm going to do the story, of Zechariah and Elizabeth and then Joseph and then Mary and then the shepherds, then I need to do justice with the the, uh, magi. Okay, so we're going to look at the the magi's story of pursuit. Say pursuit. Okay, now they're called magi. They're called wise men. They're called uh, astrologers. and, And a lot of people call them kings. They weren't kings. Okay, so just get that out of your mind. But the thing about it is... That song would just be so stupid sounding. It? We three astrologers from Orientar. The real word for magi is magos. We three magos from Orientar. See, they just do not work. King sounds better, right? So somebody wrote kings in there. But uh, interesting group of guys. And we don't even actually know how many there are. But let's turn to Matthew 2. Let's get into the sermon because I've got a different way to do the sermon. All right? Matthew 2, we're going to read through uh, the first couple of verses, ask a few questions. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born of the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. First thing I want you to say is, ask yourself, is who were these wise men? I mean, they are very quiet. They're they're very mysterious, and but and much of what we know just comes from church history, uh, and actually some of it just comes from speculation. That's why they call them magi. That's why they call them astrologers. That's why they call them kings. That's why they call them wise men. They were mysterious men, and they're not even we're not even certain if they were Jews or Gentiles. Did you know that it doesn't say if they were Jews or Gentiles? And so you're, you're, there's a wonder there. Some say there were even Gentiles that were converted to Judaism. Uh, because of most likely they were in Persia or in, in, in the area of Babylon when Daniel and all the and the Jews were taken captive there. You know Daniel did never he never left Babylon, but he rose up as one of the leaders there and he became over all the magi. Did you know that? And so we, there's a lot of thought and a lot of speculation that these magi were trained in that order that Daniel had passed down. And now this is like five, six hundred years later after Daniel. You go back and read the prophecies of Daniel. He talked about the coming king. And so there's a, of, there's a lot of reason to believe that they were connected to Daniel. And so that's how they heard. And that's why they started looking at the stars and, and started discussing how the, the king must be born. And so that's why many people think they were Jews. I don't know. I think kind of, I got them on the camp that they're Gentiles. I, I, the only reason I say that, and that's just, it's just a hunch, okay? Say a hunch. A hunch. It, because the shepherds were Jews, right? And Jesus came for everybody. So if he came for the Jews, then he also came for the Gentiles. And so I think maybe they were Gentiles. Maybe they were converted. I don't know. But they're very interesting people. A lot of people believe, we three kings. There were three because of why? Why do you think they think there are three? Because of the gifts, there was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But does that mean just because they brought three gifts, there were three people, three men? Not necessarily. Some people speculate that this was a huge caravan, a lots of astrologers. This was a big deal to find the King of the Jews. So bless you. But with all we don't know, listen. This is what we do know: they were searching for Jesus the Messiah. They were searching for the Jewish Messiah. And we know as astrologers that they were stargazers and they were watching the stars. And they may have known the prophecy in Numbers 24, 17 that says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. And the star, the, the magic call it, it his star. Jesus had his own star. Okay? Others say, uh, some people say it was a comet leading, the, leading the, uh, the wise men, the magi. Others say it was a lining up of Venus and some other stars, and they all came together. And, there was and others say it was a supernatural star. I'm in the camp of a supernatural star. I, I've, I've seen the videos. I know about all the alignment and all that stuff, and it's cool. And you can, you can believe that if you want. That's fine. And, and, but the thing is, if God could create the heavens and the earth, couldn't he throw a star up there anytime he wanted to? Yeah. Couldn't he just put a star that had a spotlight on it? Seriously, can he do that if God can do anything? I think he could throw a, I think there's my star. I'm gonna give my son a star. It's a Jesus star and it's gonna show those wise men how to get to my son I think God could do that. I don't think it was a problem for him So they came to the most likely place to find the Messiah and the most likely place to find the Messiah was Jerusalem because that was the head of Israel. That was, the, that was the seat of government. That's where everything happened. So they, they were coming to Jerusalem to find the Messiah. Look at verse 3. When Herod the king heard. Herod, that's a good Texas way Heard. Heard the king. The king. Herod the king heard this. He was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. When, it, when they came to find out where the, the, the king of the Jews was, they came to the, the king. Listen, that was a big deal. You, why was it a big deal? Well, They got an audience with the king. Think about that. You don't just show up, hey, can we see the king? No, they had an audience. People were talking. All of a sudden, there's, I'm sure in Jerusalem, the, the word was getting out, man. There, people are talking. Did you see that That group of astrologers they came from the east? Man, they're talking about Jesus, the Messiah. And, you know, what's going on? And now we've heard that they're going to go see Herod, and Herod's actually going to see them. So, who was, who, was, who was King Herod? He was a bad man. <laughs> he was a bad man. You know, he is known as Herod the Great, uh, and he was great in a lot of ways. Man, he was a great administrator. He was, he was a great politician. He, he was great at, at doing the job that he was called to do in a, in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, he was great only at being cruel. He was great at being mean. He was, a, he was, one of the, he, he was the king that actually killed his own wife and killed his two sons. Now, that's a cruel king. If, if I, He was cruel. He ruled over Rome, so, uh, I mean, over the Jews with an iron fist. And the only reason they liked him because he helped them rebuild the temple. And he, would, he, would, he was a good administrator. But all in all, he was, overall, he was like a two on a scale of one to ten. He was not a good man. Verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem of the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah? For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people in Israel. So then there's the prophecy. Scribes, the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, all of those people, they knew. They knew the prophecy. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And they didn't. God doesn't give us the answer here. Just He was asking. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and he said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back the word to me, that I may come and worship him also. <laughs> yeah. I think he was kind of a lazy king, for one. You go and find him. Then you come back and tell me. You know, Maybe he just halfway believed him. I don't know, but he just said, If you find him, I think he knew that they were so eager to find this king of the Jews. And man, they were, couldn't wait to come back and tell the king, right? But who did want to go back to and have, have an audience with the king? So what was their motives? What was their motives? There are three groups of people here. And I'm, let's just talk about their motives. You know, first of all, the Magi had to be a little bit puzzled when they get to Jerusalem. and Nobody's talking about the, the Messiah. Nobody's talking about... The star. Nobody's talking about the birth of Jesus. Nobody's talking about it. And, and they, they finally get, go, well, maybe the king will know something. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? It's, it's, you know, we look at these guys and we go, well, why weren't you, you looking? And we, put, look, we look around us and we go, why in the world looking? Right? He's here. We have evidence. We show him. He lives in us. And, but the world as a whole is going not interested. Religious people not interested. Man, I've heard TV preachers. They've been interviewed on television by these by these great uh, you know uh, news reporters, and they said, "Well, tell us about uh, your faith in this." Well, you know, there's a lot of ways to heaven, and they won't even tell. They won't even tell the, the truth. They won't even tell people that there's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ, Messiah. And we wonder why, what's wrong with the world. Listen, sometimes it's just religion is wrong with the world. Sometimes it's just Christians are wrong with the world. Because we're not portraying Christ as he is. And we're not pointing people to him. Oh, we like that we put a manger out. We'll put an activity scene out in our, in our yard for Christmas. But we're not pointing to Jesus with our lives and with our words, with our testimonies. That's what we should be doing, church. So here we have these astrologers. They were highly motivated to find Jesus. And their pure motive was to what? Worship him. So we've we've seen a star in the east and we've just come to worship him. We've heard the prophecies. We've come to find the king of the Jews. We want to worship him. That was their goal. That was their motive. Herod's motive, hey, let's find him so we can go. Eliminate him You know the world's still trying to eliminate him our government's still trying to eliminate him. Let's take him out of schools But when things get bad, let's pray Or let's blame him for not showing up Now I heard that saying, you know when they had that mass shooting in one of the schools and so well, where was God? Well, you kicked him out of the school. Remember? Oh, yeah, but now you want him to do all this? Yeah. Hmm. But that, that, that's what's happening in our world today, for church. Herod's motivation was eliminated. Our world, in large part, is the, the motivation is to eliminate any thought that there is a King of kings and Lord of lords, and his name is Jesus. So we have the response of the wise men. We have the response of, of Herod, and the response of the chief priests and the scribes. Here's the thing about them. They might not have said anything then. Oh, well, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. That's where you'll find him, Herod. But as a whole, and later on we know this because of the way they reacted later on in Jesus' ministry, they rejected him. Here are the people that should have known more than anybody that Jesus was coming. He was the Messiah. But see, they wanted wanted to control Jesus when he came on the scene. He wasn't the kind of king that they wanted. Sometimes he's not the kind of king that we want, is he? He don't want. Okay, God, give me that. Rub that, rub that lamp. Come on, God, do what do this for me. That's why this message is so important. Because I know that, I know that, I know so many times, and I'm including myself in this. We come to him and we have no thought of, we're just coming, God, I need this, 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 and I need it now. Or is it just me? not saying you shouldn't ask i'm just saying that sometimes our motives are not pure you see they wanted to control jesus when he became when he started walking the earth and doing the ministry that he was doing and he didn't look like the the savior that they were looking for to ride in on the white horse and wipe out all the roman soldiers and all the roman government and set up his throne then so they tried to eliminate him too and they did For three days. (laughs) Just three days. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed. That's the Magi. And they beheld the star which they had seen in the east, went before them. It's like the star was like, (sighs) went out. (laughs) I don't want Herod to know. So God just says he just blacked out the star. So they get back on their camels, and he says, boop, here's the star again. Follow the searchlight, okay? And it went before them. And then it till it came and stood. Have you ever heard of a star standing? It stood over where the young child was. So I know it was like millions of miles up there, but it also had a pretty good idea that there was a light that shone, shone right down on the house. Okay. And it went and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. So number four is where did their joy come from? Where did their joy come from? How many of you have ever lost something? And man, you you couldn't, when you found it, you were so, you're overjoyed. How many of you lost your cell phone this week? Oh my goodness. And when you find it, what's your response when you find your cell phone? I found it! I found my, oh my life is here. Oh my pictures, my family. (laughs) Cell phones. How many of you lost your car keys lately? Oh man, y'all lose Y'all losers. (laughs) Lots of losers in here. You know that in the sense of losing your keys. (laughs) And when you find them, what's the feeling? Oh, joy, 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 joy. I've got my keys. I can now get in my... How many of you have lost a remote control lately? Oh, that's the worst one of all. Men just go panic mode. You go to the big screen, you look... There's no buttons. How do I turn it on? Honey, where's the spare remote? You lost that last month. You tear up the house, right? Cushions coming out of this couch. The dog, you're looking at the dog. Cough it up. You know, you're just, the remote's so important. You know why I'm saying that? Because we lost ours yesterday. Mary Lou's taking down decorations. And she, she, she was trying to do a good thing for me because I, I, I was gone. I came home. She said, Honey, I've already taken all the ornaments off the tree, but she piled them all up on the coffee table. So there was a game coming on. I'm like, "Where's the, Where's the remote?" <laughs> I'm looking everywhere. I tear that place up. She, and she's later on. She, oh, here it is. Is under some ornaments. You know, it's so. <laughs> a joy when we find something that's been lost. And so they had this. En- Exceedingly great joy because they found Jesus that they've been looking for for months and months and months. They had traveled hundreds of miles to get there. Maybe they were, maybe they were like, you know what, I, I, we just can't do this anymore, guys. Maybe during that journey they were like, let's, get, let's just go back where it's comfortable. Let's quit seeking him. Let's quit searching for him. Just, this isn't going to work. We just we can't get there. Have you ever felt that way when you're looking for something and you finally just give up? Or you're searching, for God, I need you, and God doesn't seem to respond to you, and you just keep asking, ask, and ask, you say, well, okay, God, you just don't care. Just, okay, I must not be good enough for you to answer me. So where does your joy come from? When you seek God with all your heart and you find him, you should be ecstatic. You should have this joy unspeakable and full of glory. Verse 11, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The first, the fifth thing, Jesus, what did their worship look like? What did their worship look like? First of all, they didn't enter into a stable. They entered into a house. So we know that they're not at the, at the stable anymore. They're not at the cave. They're in a house. And they don't call him a baby anymore. They call him the young child. So he was probably 18 months old. We don't know. God didn't tell us all these details. But we do know this was afterwards. So the shepherds had come, uh, Joseph, and they, they moved into a house in Bethlehem. Maybe they were renting, I don't know, so they went to Egypt. But they were there temporarily. And, and so they, they come into the house, and they, they see this child. And they fell down and touched their foreheads to the ground. And they reverenced him. They didn't reverence Mary, okay? Amen. Not trying to offend anybody. They bowed before Jesus. They bowed before a king that was born a king. It wasn't handed down to him like he was a prince one day, and all of a sudden he grew up and he became. He was born a king. He was a king from the beginning. Before time began, he was king. He's king today. And they worshiped him. They were acknowledging when they bowed down to him before him that they were acknowledging that he was greater than they. Sometimes we forget that. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This act of worship was also an act of humility. Think about it. Grown men. Funky robes on, maybe, you know. Hey, I don't know. And they're getting down on the on the floor, on their knees, before a baby. See, we don't think about stuff like that, do we? These are grown men. Maybe, maybe, maybe they, they might have been... Whew, had some really awesome clothes on. And they're bowing before a baby. And Mary's going, hmm, they know. Who are the shepherds? They know. Think about that. Joseph, come home. <laughs> We've got some visitors. And this is what their worship looked like. They brought gifts. Gold. Which... Speaks of royalty, incense, which speaks of divinity, and myrrh, which speaks of actually speaks of death, anointing oil for death. We don't even know if they even knew the significance of those gifts. But they gave them because they were instructed to. They knew that they were supposed to bring these gifts before the king. Verse 12, last verse. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Sixth thing I want you to see this morning. Were they forever changed? Here's the thing. And I know this is not profound. It was profound to me, okay? Just the other day, because I'm reading scriptures, I'm studying, I'm preparing for this, and it's like it just jumped out to me. Has it ever happened to you? And you go and tell somebody, and they're like, eh, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it means something to you. But when I looked at it, I thought, they, they came one way, one direction, but they left another way. Now, I know they're talking about a physical route. But I'm, I, this is what God showed me. He said, people come to me one way, but they're supposed to leave another way. We, when we come, listen to me. When we come to the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator God... The bread of life, the living water, when we come into his presence one way, we we should be changed. We should not be able to stay we shouldn't be able to stay the same if we allow him to come into our life. We should leave another way. We should be changed forever. I want you to have take your worship guides out, if you would. And a pen, if you have a pen. If you're not, you're gonna have to go back and watch this and do it later. Homework. Why I'm telling you that you this is a different way that I, this sermon the Lord gave this to me. Because I believe as we move into this next year, how important it is for us to know these things that I just spoke about. Because I always like to relate things to us, and so far I haven't really related any of that to us, but I'm going to now. Okay, so you ready? Okay. I want to ask you six questions. I think there's six. In relationship to seeking God, who are you? In relationship to seeking God, who are you? Do you know your identity in Christ? Or is your identity in failure? Is your identity in your job? Is your identity in um, your success? Is your identity in your wealth or your poverty? It's important that you know going into this next year your identity do you know your purpose your calling what what is your level of seeking Jesus is it a passionate pursuit or a passive pursuit I mean it's right here in the room some of you are passively pursuing God some of you are passionately pursuing him so 2024 a new start I suggest that you ask the Lord to give you a passion to pursue him like these wise men did? I don't think anything was going to stop them, Mary Lou. I think, man, when they got on those camels and they said, we're going, we're fine, and we're not coming back till we find that, that little boy. Would you pursue him like that? I'm not going back to the old life. I'm finding Jesus. He is my king and I'm going to serve him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to be passionate about what he's done in my life and I'm going to give everything I've got to him. That's, that's passionately pursuing him. And the second question: What are your motives in coming to Jesus? What are your motives when you stepped inside this building this morning? Before we even prayed this morning, why did you come? Did you have a hunger to worship God, or was it? at the end of the year. I think we probably should. It probably be a good idea to go to church, or you know, church is a good thing. We should go. What is it? What was your motive in coming here this morning? I think we all need to check those occasionally. Pastors need to check their motives and what they do, why they do what they do. Van drivers need to check their motives. Why am I driving the van today? If you're working with the children, why am I working with these kids or brats? (laughs) Hear me? Why am I doing this? It's just rechecking your motives and why you're doing what you're doing. It's just a good thing to do. Were you looking for God this morning and what he could do for you or what you could do for him? Remember John Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, one of the greatest sayings he ever made. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. (laughs) Ask not what you can do, God can do for you, ask what you can do for God. Well, you didn't need my help. Well, he's asked us to do some things to serve him. So what, what can you do for God? What can you bring to him? Are you so familiar with church that you just might be going through the motions? Or like the Pharisees, do you sometimes find yourself trying to control God or make things happen in your flesh? That's the second question. That's the big one. Third question: Where does your true joy come from? How many of you watched the cowboy game last night? How much do you think they pay that referee to cheat? Just saying, sure was kind of. Whew. I felt kind of. Ugh, they shouldn't have won that game. I gave it. Ooh, and it felt bad. Did you feel. Oh yeah, but they won. <laughs> where, where? does your joy come from? Does it come from knowing Jesus, or does it come from lots of other stuff? And I'm not talking about happiness. Happiness is the thing that happiness depends on what's happening in your life. And it's cool to be happy. Happy is good, but joy goes way beyond that. Joy is when I see Diana over here worshiping the Lord, going through what she's going through. Joy is when I see some of you that I know are going through hell. And you're sitting, you're worshiping God. You're saying the joy of the Lord is my strength. Where do you get your joy from? Is it your paycheck? Because those come and go. Is it your car they get old? Is it your house things break down? Where where do you get your joy from? If it's not from God, you're missing it. You're missing it. Next question. Two more questions. What does your worship look like? What does your worship look like? Are you giving worth to God? Is it passionate? And I'm not saying you have to jump up and down and scream and shout and all that. I'm not saying that. But are you passionate when you come to the house of God? When you, are you passionate when you put your praise music on, in, the, on your, in your car or in your home and you just come before the Lord and you say, God, I just want to get in your presence. What does your worship look like? Are you coming to bring God your gifts, bring him yourself? And after you encounter Jesus, matter of fact, let's go ahead and stand for this. Go ahead and get the ministry team up. As usual, and y'all been doing great at this, unless it's an emergency, please stay put. Don't start getting stuff ready to go. Because literally this is life and death. The enemy likes distractions. He likes to distract people. So you'll make a decision based, you know, you just, I mean, I got to (laughs) go. But this is life and death. Because Holy Spirit's here. And he's speaking to you. Some of you have never given your life to him. And he's speaking to you. And you came in for all the wrong reasons, but you're going to leave forever changed. Can y'all believe for that this morning? Last question. After your encounter with Jesus, have you been forever changed? Are you heading in a different direction? That's repentance, you know. Going this way. Jesus. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go a different direction. Starts with a heart change, a mind change, a life change. He comes in and he wants to change you. You know, a lot of people have their, their cool sayings going into the next year. What what is what's the cool saying for twenty twenty four, Pastor? Well, I thought here's here's one that it rhymed up. This is good. The God of more in two thousand twenty four. But you know what's wrong with that? He was the God of more in 2023. He's not changed. He's not going to give. Him, he's not the more. Here's, the, here's here's really what it should be: less of me in 2024 and more of God. More of me giving more of me to God because He's already done everything He's going to do. He's a good good father. So bow your heads.